Gray Fox. Praise games. Waiting. Hello, friends, and welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video game podcast for people who know what the Lele Lulido are up to. And speaking of which, I've got with me my souls man, Michael Carden Edwards. How are you doing, brother? I am very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Let, let, let's full cards on the table. That was like the third take coming in. So I appreciate that that's the final time I'm coming in. It's been a very, very long day. And apologies for the echo. I'm in a new man cave, which means that I'm still decorating and doing stuff. There'll be lots of cool things in here, I promise you, in the future. But what I'd like to have in here at some point is an engine room. Why? Because we've got a man, a man in the chair. Jonathan Moles, our producer. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you very much. If we create a little engine room in your man cave, can you at least give me space to see you? I don't want to be in a little darkened corner hiding under <laughs> a, little, a little box or something. I don't want that. I don't want no, that. no, I need to see your I need to see your face illuminating the world because it's always a joy when you're here. Um, so let's let's before we get into the news and stuff, boys, let's talk about what we've been playing over the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna go mosey first. I want to hear what the producer man's been been tinkering with. I haven't been gaming much on the console, I'm afraid. I've been a very busy man. Uh, unfortunately so sorry apologies but what i did do is i reinstalled cod mobile and yeah it's it still still holds up still pretty good but the battle royale mode's still my favorite mode so yeah not too bad i played too many hours on it um my kids caught me playing it no you know can, can i play that i was like no i draw the line when the kids want to play it's <laughs> like no i'll you know load up crash bandicoot at some point in the game for them but yeah no not nice. too bad they announced on um, PSN that they're going to be adding um, the latest uh, Call of Duty Black Ops game, aren't they, as the, the free game next month as well. Um, I feel like they've done that already, but anyway, I think, yeah, 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 they only announced it on Twitter like a minute ago, sorry. Uh, Mr. Carden Edwards, uh, what's been on your radar, what you've been doing? Well, you refer to me as the Souls Man, and I am not going to disappoint, yeah? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I started off, right? I, I, you know, when you go on YouTube and you get like recommended videos, right? And like, cause, and I find myself doing that. Like when I get to lunchtime at work, I'm like, I'll just go onto YouTube and see what gets recommended. Cause I've got years of equity on that. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah, so usually they'll give me something decent. And I got one the other day of this really famous streamer. And this is actually video game related as well, to be fair. So there's a guy called, um, uh, what the hell is his name? It's, Oh, I'm never going to remember his bloody name. Asmo, Asmo something. As uh, Asmon Gold, right? This guy yeah. is basically one of the biggest streamers in the world, right? He is formerly a massive, massive WoW streamer, right? That was his. Right. That was his bread and butter. Recently, he moved over to Final Fantasy 14, which is obviously the the Final Fantasy version of MMOs. It's incredible, right? By all accounts, right? And just because he's moved over um, or he's trying it out, Final Fantasy XIV have hit record numbers. Wow. Like, as in, they've never had more people playing this game. Just because, this dude, just because this dude basically gave it a go. Yeah. And by all accounts, he loves it as well. It's the best MMO on the market. Um, and we ask him to listen to our podcast? And I just- mean, yeah, this is how you get viewers. He, I saw him do a video the other day where because he lives quite a simple life. And he's, uh, like, he's, he's an interesting guy. And the video of him explaining for 15 minutes why he leads a simple life has like 1.6 million views. 
Wow. Like this guy. And anyway, the, the video came up and it was him reacting to a Dark Souls speed run, right? And I had watched him before anyway play Dark Souls. This guy is the most impatient man you've ever seen in your life. And obviously, what do you need in Dark Souls? You need patience. An abundance of that patience. Watching him just freak out all of the time is quite entertaining. But watching him watch someone speed run Dark Souls and him just going, what the f***? over and over again and just going like i didn't know you could do that and like the the the, the confusion <laughs> on his face when he sees and he's like why isn't he attacking all these mobs like how did he do that and I, the, the genuine like surprise is heartwarming to be honest with you and it inspired me to crack open dark souls again on the old nintendo switch and yeah. um so i've basically been plugging away on that and then that inspired me to Face my demons, as it were. Not not demon souls. I don't have a PS5 yet, and my PS3 is somewhere. Yeah, um, I have opened Bloodborne up again, and I am delving into those chalice dungeons to pick up the last trophy I need to get platinum. platinum. Wow, get platinum man. of the game. Okay, you should have a bottle of bubbly somewhere that just pops it when when it happens. But the, the, you know mm. the most annoying okay. thing, right? The DLC for Bloodborne, right? The Old Hunters, which is Chef's Kiss in terms of DLC, it's, it's incredible. Um, there are like six or seven trophies. Some of them haven't popped for me. Oh, man. The trophy that says you've acquired all of the new weapons, I have that trophy. The trophy that says you've defeated the final boss, the Orphan of Kos, I think his name is, I have that trophy. The, the trophy that says you've defeated the first boss, I have that trophy. I don't have the other three trophies for the other bosses, even though Why? you get some weapons from defeating those bosses. So how can I have got all of the weapons if I haven't defeated the bosses? They haven't popped. They've never popped, right? I'm going to have to play this f-ing game again in terms of the DLC to, to get, get all of the trophies yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, frustrating. I saw something on Twitter just before uh, I logged on, and I'll share it on our Twitter account, Grey Fox Plays. Um, but someone has made a video of the Father Gascoigne boss in PS1 graphics, as in, if it was made on the PS1 back then, this is how it would look. And hot damn, they've done such a good job. Like, they've managed to capture the atmosphere and the look and everything, even the menu. Like, they quickly pause it and show a menu. Yeah. It looks like a PS1 game. Like, the way I've done it, it's just it's like, you'll love that. It's right up your alley. Um, it's funny you mention about um, games and stuff like that. I was over the because we're a games podcast. Um, I was at a friend. Funny you should talk about those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. games podcast. Um, you know that when, you, do you, know when you, you meet people and go, "Oh man, I'm not very good at like video game journalism." That's what we're called, or whatever. I was at one of our friends who we who we remain, remain nameless, uh, but he's been on before and he owns a game studio. And um, I was hanging out at his office and we were about to watch the football. And he told me what their next big project is. Now, I was there thinking, ah, okay. And he's agreed when when it becomes public, he'll come on and talk about it and stuff, which is going to be awesome. But um, I didn't know if he was testing me. You know, is he testing the friendship of, I'm telling you because I don't want it to leak, or is he telling me, wink, wink, sort of thing. And this reminds me of when I was doing my TV film podcast back in the, back in the day, um, I went and interviewed someone uh, for a TV show, and I called you afterwards, Mike, because I'm not—I don't want to be that guy. But Helen Mirren was in the room, 
and was because she was a producer of the TV show. And the idea is that you were talking to the star of the show and she was there to talk about the making of the show. And I had to make it look like I was a proper journalist and, and talk through it. And literally halfway through, they basically said, yeah, we're going to have a season two. And I didn't know if that was again a wink, wink. Can you link it? So yeah, and release it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, bye guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> anyway, if he is listening, I'm going to pass your test. I will not say a word, my friend, but when you come on, exclusive rights, exclusive rights. <laughs> we need them tasty exclusive rights, man. Uh, exactly, man, exactly. But um, in terms of stuff I've been playing, I've been back on my Switch, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, but Mr. Moles, this is very on brand for us, uh, Resident Evil Zero, uh, been playing that on the Switch. Now, that game is so glorious for a couple of reasons. One, it's still the old, like, old pre uh, rendered backgrounds but on a little switch screen it looks so gorgeous like these old games that are being remastered and replaced back onto the switch when you see them on that tiny little screen it just looks so good and anyway let's go straight into the news while we're talking about switching screens and stuff like that look we've been talking about this for effing months about what is happening with this nintendo switch pro they made an announcement very uh, quickly over social media and gave us a little teaser video for the next switch and it wasn't what we all thought it was going to be, boys. Uh, let's, just, let's just let's get it done with. Uh, Mikey, what's your thoughts on the, the Switch OLED? Uh, my main takeaway is that in the trailer, there's a fella that comes home from work or wherever, and he decides to, I'm not going to go to the living room. I'm not going to go to the bedroom. I'm going to sit on this random bench in the hallway <laughs> in the most uncomfortable position known to man, and that's where I'm going to play my Switch OLED. Like, what the hell? No one plays the switch sitting on a weird bench in their house when there's a couch like just five yards away like what was that about um i want someone to dub over it with the hello darkness my old friend you know just I mean? the voice like, of i hate my wife and children <laughs> this is how horrible, i keep away from them <laughs> something horrible is happening in that room right i don't know what it is but something horrendous is either maybe something bad has happened he's murdered his wife and family right and he's like huh don't want to go, but don't Perfect want to see that. <laughs> I'm playing some Switch. Um, no, look, the... the oh, let, let's not beat around the bush, right? I think everyone's a bit disappointed by this. Oh, mate, I'm what, absolutely gutted by it, to be honest. I was expecting... Because we've been talking about this with the new games that are coming out on Switch. We all kept saying, that's going to probably be a performance hit on the on the hardware, right? So surely this is showing us the new hardware, showing its grunt and... Turns out the only thing we're really getting... So let's talk about the, the details, right? It's a bit of a larger screen, and it's an OLED screen, and the dock's going to have an Ethernet port on it. Is that and about it? And the stand is wider. And the stand, the stand is wider. But, you know, in all honesty, if you've already I, got I've, a Switch... I've, I've, I've never used the stand. Uh, I did, frustratingly, in a pub to show it working, and then it kept falling over, maybe because we were drunk. But that's a separate story. <laughs> But yeah, it's basically just a slightly smaller screen. And yes, don't get me wrong, that 0.8 inches makes all the difference. Eh? But it's, it's, is that enough to, if you're a Switch owner, to go out and get? That's, that's I think, the I think if, you're, if you're a new Switch person, the, the, there's the argument, right? There's two things. Like I've had my Switch for a long time. I bought it on launch day. It's showing its age. I'll be perfectly clear with you. It's seen better days. There is a part of me that goes, man, when... Uh, when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, I bet that'll look really cool. Man, all my, all my current games, I bet they look really cool. And that's I suppose it depends on price point, right? How much more expensive is it going to be than a regular Switch? $50, I think. 
Um, I think it's three hundred or three fifty, something like that. So it's, it's not all. I think it's something like that. It's not. It's not it's like cheap. Three hundred. I, um, I think it's three ten UK price. The 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 issue for me is that we've waited long enough. I'm going to just continue to wait. And yeah. if I was on the fence of buying a switch, I would. This wouldn't. This isn't the thing that's going to bowl me over because I know damn well that regardless of what people say they are going to release a switch pro right the specs are out there if you want to find them it's not a secret this is a, this is public knowledge mm-hmm. this um, is a where, timed thing this is a strategy to to maybe put more items in homes before they release it. i don't know but you're right do, there's, well, a, there's remember, a method to the madness do you remember the nintendo is it the ds where there was like a bloody million of different versions of it where there was 3d there was i what like I had never had no like. Look at the Xbox. I have no idea what version of the Xbox I need to buy if I were to buy an Xbox. Not a Scooby Doo. And you know, I think the Switch is kind of going that way to a degree. Like, if I was a new Switch buyer and I was like, "Man, I really want to get involved with this." Turns out, what one do I buy? Is the OLED? Is it better? I don't really understand what the difference is. The screen is better, but surely if the screen is better, it needs more grunt to be able to display things in that resolution at a better, fr- at a decent frame rate. Like I know damn well, I've said that several times on the show, I apologize, that there are games that I really want to play, that I have, that I own, that I've bought, that I wish played better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, and- you're seeing that in the current generation now, right? In the PS5 and Xbox uh, Series S back catalogs, people are rediscovering games or discovering them for the first time, and they're playing like current generation because of the performance improvements due to the grunt of the hardware. Exactly. And I just kind of think that this isn't enough. Um, mm. It feels like a midpoint for some reason. and but Not a midpoint enough to make you upgrade. No, it's, it's that midpoint where it's like, all right, let's get some money from people. Let's show off this cool screen that we've got. And by all accounts, it looks incredible. But there's going to be a lot of annoyed people, right? If, yeah. if Let's say if everyone that buys a Switch OLED, does that mean that like when in, let's say in eight months time, six months time, they release a new one. And it's like, oh, all those people that bought that Switch OLED, they're kind of sitting there going, oh, but at least I've got a nice screen. Yeah. Without like, any of the... Who have they made it for? Because realistically, who does, like, there's two audiences who play the Switch, right? People play it handheld, and it never it never goes to the dock. It's never in the dock. It's always the only reason it's in the dock is it's charging. That's the only reason why it's there. That's so my like, Switch. That, that's that's my Switch. That's what like, like, it's never in dock. I'm always in handheld. Or there are people that it lives in the dock. It's basically melded into that thing. And they didn't. They don't know how long the battery life is. They don't care because they play it on their console, on their TV, at home. Now, the sort of person I think that would want to spend the additional money <laughs> probably are the people who are really into their games who probably would actually have it plugged into the dock most of the time anyway. Is and surely, fair? if you're the handheld enthusiast, that's what the Switch Lite is for. Yeah, because it's a cheaper model and it's, you've got less things that can go wrong and disconnect with it. So look, I, I, don't, look, I don't mind choice, right? Let me, yeah. let me be clear. Choice is not a bad thing for the consumer, but I, I, it just it puzzles me why they've gone down this route. Like, just save it, bro. Save it down the line. If you want to, if you want to launch, they know how long people Pro, have been waiting for this as well. But like, if they, if you want to launch, but there was no hype. It wasn't like it was a direct. It was just a random Tuesday. It was oh, look, this thing has happened. Like, if they launch <laughs> to me, Switch, it was Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. If they launch Switch Pro, then it's like. 
Just do the thing where you go, right, there's two models coming out. This is what Apple does every year, isn't it? Where they go, yo, here's the big sexy death version. Here's the other version of the people that can't stretch their wallet quite that far. And it's like... They do go just, pretty on them. They do ever try so hard, but let's look at the big one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just do that then. Do, like, if you're going to do something like this, at least go, right, well, you know what? Because the problem now is the uncertainty. Like, I ain't buying it because I don't know what's coming down the road. If they said, right, yo, here's the Switch Pro. It's going to be released on this day. This is what you get with it. Another model we're announcing is the Switch OLED. It's got the same screen as the Switch Pro, for example, but it doesn't have the grunt. It's at this price point. It's going to be on this day. And for all of you peasants, the other Switch is still available and it's got better Joy-Cons. Do you know what I mean? Like, do that. And I think everyone's happy because they know what they're doing. They know what they're buying into. I, I agree with that theory. Like the, I think this OLED version is is setting the precursor to the to the Switch Pro. Now, how long the we Super have Nintendo the Switch, Moz. The Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo Switch. Switch. Yeah, the Super Super Switch. Yeah, slash electric boogaloo. You can put whatever stickers you want on it. This is the precursor to the Switch Pro. They just, like you say, they need to announce something. They need to give something. And if they do just a surprise, oh, look, here's the Super Switch. And it's like, you know, mid-November at the time. People are, are going to lose their shit. But the people that have, would have bought the OLED, they're going to be pissed off. So it would have been like, look, I bought this. And then a few months later, it's just a surprise announcement. It's the equivalent of announcing the PS5 six months after the PS4 Pro. Except you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? You'd be absolutely fuming. It's the- I think maybe the pandemic's played a big role in this, though. I can imagine parts, chips, and all that sort of stuff would have been really hard to come by and, and manufacture and, and line up. Who knows? Well, that could be another reason why they've gone for the OLED screen, because the predece- predecessor screen and the manufacturers are no longer making the exact screen for the original Switch. And that's it. Like, stop. Oh, really? So like, does that mean the Switch might be worth something? Be. That could be. Could be the reason. You know, technology, the Switch has been around a fair few years now. The manufacturers that make the screens might no longer be selling, or they might be priced too high, or, you know, the price is similar to an OLED screen. So it's like, well, okay, we've got a Switch, Super Switch Pro, maybe in our back pockets, Nintendo saying. Oh, by the way, we've got all these OLED screens. That's, you know, that's kind of put something out there, put the feelers out with an OLED version, see what happens. Who knows? Love it. Love it. Uh, Actually, let's, let's mix up the news ordering because you mentioned about stuff getting worth more from Nintendo, potentially. Um, I don't know why it's become global news, and I don't know why it's happened recently, but two Nintendo games sold on auction, one believes, uh, for a lot of chuffing money. In fact, an original Super Mario 64 video game sells for $1.56 million dollars. Who has that sort of money? And I kind of love them for it. They're kind of like Mr. Burns with his trillion dollar bills just going, hmm, I want an original Super Mario 64 cartridge. But there's millions of emulators out there. You can get it for free. You can probably buy a studio and get them to make it for you. No, no, no. I want the original. It's insane, isn't it? It is pretty crazy. Um, Look, I am kicking myself a little bit because... This makes us feel it, it, yeah, it makes you feel really old because, I mean, the Super Mario 64 came out in 1996, if I'm correct. Um, the, uh, it's difficult because the Nintendo 64 boxes as well were basically made of what cardboard and they were just they looked beaten up if you looked at them. You know what I mean? So, like, to have it sealed mint condition is quite a feat keeping something for that long anyway. What's the guy like, going to do with it? 
Oh, I don't you? know. I don't know. But this whole thing about like the, the what did I write? I read someone the, somewhere the other day that someone had bought another game in the hope that um, it basically becomes it does a Mario. And I can't remember what it was, but like this is kind of like becoming a bit of a trend. But I don't think it's gonna. Ha- I don't think it's gonna happen anymore because of digital, right? So this is kind of the last bastion of it. To I, th- I think in my head anyway, dude. I remember about seven years ago, I went through a proper N sixty four retro phase. I bought an N sixty four off eBay for about fifteen quid. I bought a bunch of games, like a quid a game. Do you know what I mean? And I actually looked into this about a year ago. I was like. I've still got some of the games. The N64, I left it outside when I was storing it. Like I left it in, a, in a, um, a garage when I was moving house. I stored it there for a summer and it got basically ruined. It, I, I didn't, it didn't turn on anymore. Right? And um, I, I looked to see, oh, well, and then there was a Mega Drive in there as well. It also got ruined. I was quite annoyed, to be honest with you. Um, I looked and go, well, how much would it cost to replace them? I was like, all oh, right, these are quite expensive now. And I was like looking at like paying 100 quid for an, for an N64. And I was like, Hmm. don't think I'm paying that buddy. And it's like, it's in that short period of time for you stuff, it went high. And the thing is, mm. these things have shelf lives, right? These things aren't going to be around forever. They are going to degrade as time goes on. So having something that is literally factory mint condition sealed, like there's been no tampering. There's been nothing. You know, mm. Like you see when people restore books, right? Where like they don't even want to touch the pages with their fingers because of the destructive oils. I think I heard that on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oxygen. Like, oxygen. Do you know what I mean? Oxygen. Yeah. So like with this stuff, you know, these things will just degrade over time. And so I think I find it bizarre, but... Wasn't the world uh, record set literally the day before by a Legend of Zelda Game Boy game? Or was, am I wasn't it? Was it? Wasn't it like five hundred grand or something? Or was it something mad like that? Yeah, it was like a sick amount of money as well, like you say. And I think it makes us all feel old because we all remember either having or being near someone having that item that sells for a lot of money. And all of a sudden, you think, "Oh, maybe I should hold on to my physical media of some kind." I, I have it. He's got it. He, he went to the I've got it. and found it. I went to the news and, fa- and found it. So some guy bought an unopened copy of uh, Skyrim, right? Because of the um, because of the the, 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 the the auction craze at the moment, he bought an unopened copy of Skyrim for the Xbox 360. Guess how much he paid? Like I, I remember buying it for fifteen ninety nine down at my local Blockbuster. How much did he pay? Six hundred dollars. Does a dragon come down and fillet him? Like what? The, what do you get for that? You you get. Uh, I know. Juice moles. There we go. The the amount of um, money that came from the the Legend of Zelda that sold for eight seventy, insane. Eight thousand seventy. Eight hundred seventy thousand. Yes, yes. That's that's a lot of bananas. Uh, that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's. I really want to go down. Do you know what I wish I had? Find out what else so- sold for like lots of money. I keep talking over you, Flynn. I apologize. That's right, son. I'm going to profusely apologize. I'm just very eager and excited today. I don't know why. <laughs> a lot of energy. Um, I wish I had Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 3 unopened because of oh, the whole man. gimmick. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That oh, be- mate, they make beautiful games together. Uh, speaking about beautiful games being made, uh, Ghost of Toshiba is going to be getting a director's cut. Same as like Death Strand. It's becoming like a PlayStation thing. Now, I was thinking about Death Stranding because I am going to play the Director's Cut because I keep burying the game without actually completing it. I want to complete it so that I can say, oh, I now understand what that craziness was about. But it's not like Hideo Kojima 
had so many restrictions on him that required him to make a director's cut. Like the point of a director's cut for films would be the director wasn't allowed to make their vision. I always thought Hideo Kojima had all the creative control he had needed for this game. So why is the need for a, a director's cut for Death Stranding? Who knows? But it's going to be chock full of loads of DLCs and, and lots of cool tidbits and stuff like that. So bully for it. But let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima. So a game that a lot of people have as a beautiful masterpiece. It's going to be getting uh, better dubbing. So you're able to watch it in in, um, in natural language. And also the dubbing is aligned to the actor, so it doesn't look weird. Uh, the black and white mode is going to be absolutely stunning. It's going to be in 4K. They're opening up a new area. It's going to have fast load times and a bunch of other stuff to boot as well. Now, this game passed me by, so I, I, I can't wait to actually give it a go in all its glory. Is this something you're going to look at, Mr. Carl Edwards, being the Souls man you are? No. <laughs> you done that. It sounds like a press conference there. No. <laughs> well, is it, can I, quick question. Is it a PS5 exclusive, this next version or what? So I believe it's still going to be backwards compatible. So it will still be a, although you won't get the instant load times, all the other stuff that I mentioned, you're going to get as part of like a, an extra pack, DLC pack for the PS4 version as well, uh, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like, can someone commit to the next gen, please, and actually put something on there that makes people want to buy the console? Um, I say that as someone who sits there going, oh, I spent a lot of money on this and I could have just played it on my PS4. <laughs> well, my, my, the ghost of whatever came, it passed me by as well, just because turns out, right, and this is, it's just, this is who the guy I am. I don't really like samurai games. Onimusha is my jam, uh, but is that a samurai game? Would you call that a samurai game? Never played it. Oh, really? It's, it's, it's dope. I really hope Capcom revive it. But it's more of a, it's a hack and slash that just happens. You happen to be a samurai. That makes Fair sense. Fair enough. It's like, basically love- Devil May Cry if you're a samurai. Right. But, I mean, I loved when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went to old Japan and that, that was really fun in the movie. Um, that's about as far as it goes with that me. That Tom Cruise I, movie? That's a great film as well. Um, but I played Neo. It was fine. I played Sekiro and I hated it. Um doesn't do it what, what was that what was that uh, samurai game on the playstation Ninja era? Garden. Uh, that and uh, is it Tenchu 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 yeah stealth assassins yeah Barley Count Ghost of Tsushima the thing with it is is that it's another kind of yo go to this place climb a tower unlock the map go and do these quests do this more things look at all these quest markers you've got oh but we're in a really nice setting oh but we've got we've got loot oh but we've got all these other things it's one of those games again, dude, and I have no interest in playing those games as long as I live. Fair enough. I, I'm going to ask you a question, though, because we are all gentlemen of a certain age growing up uh, through the classic era of Nickelodeon. Do you want to see SpongeBob SquarePants, The Rugrats, as well as to name but a few, Rocco's Modern Life, Ren and Stimpy, throw down in a beat-em-up style, Smash Brothers style game? Dude, right, I was sold as soon as the trailer told me that, that, that Powdered Toast Man was going to be in it. I was about to go there, Powdered Toast Man. Leave everything to me. Powdered Toast Man. <laughs> I, I love Powdered Toast Man. He is one of the greatest characters of all time. Um, I'm just hoping that Mr. Horse makes an appearance somewhere as well. Um, dude, I, do you know what, right? I, like. <laughs> I liked our real monsters as well. I thought that was a really oh fun my God. show. The dude, what was the dude with the hands holding the eyes? What was Crumb. his name? 
Thank you. I was in a pub the other day and we were talking about this because that's what men should be talking about in pubs. And um, I was just like, the guy, like, he was a big mouth and he held his eyeballs and he juggled them. He was, and he, he, he had hands for feet and feet for hands. I, don't, I can't remember that far back, but he, he just looked weird, but it was incredible. Yeah, yeah I want to see that game, man. It looks so, so good. It came out of nowhere. It's across all generations. And uh, yeah, this is the finally Smash Brothers has real com- competition out there for the, the beat em up crowd. Char- the characters look really good. Like the, the actual gameplay looks looks quite good. I was surprised. I look, it looks good. Like that's the <laughs> thing. It doesn't look like a cheap, you know, like licensed like, license game of just ego. Go churn out some crap here. Yeah. You know, like how you get like uh, like the Nickelodeon like um, like karting and stuff like that. Where yeah, it's like yeah. uh, it tries to be Mario Kart, but you know what? It's not. Like the the only other one that is comparable is obviously crash in terms of the karting yeah, franchise it's, right? it's like it's like here and there then yeah, sorry mario kart's up here and then down here is everyone else exactly um so with this one like i mean it's a real weird kind of thing i mean i didn't i see that was it someone thought mr thornberry nigel thornberry is in it yes. as well yeah like yeah. what on earth is happening so dude if if it gives me, I don't know a lot of it. Like some of these characters in the trailer, I had no idea they were like Danny Flash or whoever. Like who the hell is that? Uh, so, beyond that time. But it's like if I can play as Ren and Stimpy and our real monsters and Rugrats and hilarious characters like this, I'm all in, bruv. This sounds fun. I want to see who would win between Rocco and Stimpy. <laughs> like, 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 I think, I'd, and I'd, I'd, it's, it's, it's all the combinations you can think of, all your favorite kids shows being put together on that. Like, that's there's something really amazing about that. I really hope that they've got like some Hollywood writer to write this amazing narrative as to how they've managed to all cross the streams and I, bring them together. <laughs> I want an injustice style narrative for <laughs> yes. this. Um, but, but do you know what? The only other because they said, and then the trailer, there's loads of other surprises, right? If one of those surprises isn't a character from Doug, I'm going to be. Oh my I need Skeeter or Roger in there, okay? You know what's something that blew my mind the other day, right? The guy who does the voice of Doug is also the voice of Philip J. Fry in Futurama. And he doesn't. Re- I didn't realize it until I actually listened and watched an episode of Doug recently and then watched Futurama straight afterwards. He doesn't really change his voice. <laughs> what? It's, oh, like the voice, the tone is exactly the same. It's the pitch and everything else he changes. But it's, it's, it's yeah, Philip J. Fry is the same guy as Doug. Wow, I did not know that. What, what one thing this this Nickelodeon game has that I love crossover games, right? Where you get things coming from everywhere. What other what other um, what other thing intellectual property that you guys know of has? a million characters and is rife for some kind of video game adaptation. Nothing to the depth of Nickelodeon. I mean, the Simpsons. Yeah. I was about to say, have there been Simpsons games already? Like South yeah, Park games? Not, not for, not for like 20 years, man. But like, not, not, yeah, right. Fair enough. Give, yeah, me yeah, Simpsons, Simpsons. give me Simpsons brawl or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, give yeah, me something like that. Like why isn't the Simpsons and family guy in South Park and Futurama and American dad doing a massive crossover of the same kind of thing? You know I mean? Yeah, that, that would be quite epic, to be fair. I'd love to see, yeah. And you, all of a sudden, your mind starts doing concoctions of, I mean, they've, they've, they've done the odd episode. Each of them have done an episode where they've crossed over, right? Like The Simpsons has been on Family Guy and mm. stuff like that. But doing that in an actual game format where you can just, and actually like do it in a way where you've got the voice actors, the actual voice actors in, you've got the right animation style. You're doing it. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah, and like the fact is, is that, 
Nickelodeon has taken some beloved IP that we all forgot existed, although all hold dear to our hearts, and managed to pull this in. I just I love seeing the reaction on social media because it is all different generations of people all just going, oh, that's pretty, that, that look of nice. I'm totally going to give that a go. And it's a license to print money if you get it right. So, so fair play to them. Speaking about a license to print money, if you get it right, the Battlefield franchise has been, you know, obviously a mainstay in the gen, in the console generations for the last sort of 10 or 15 years. And Battlefield 2042 has just announced that it's going to be cross play between PC and all consoles, including Sony. That means cross play in terms of uh, progression. So if you're playing on your PlayStation 4 and then you go play on your PlayStation 5, your progress goes over. But if you happen to get a PC version of the game and you've got an awesome game on PC to be able to play that game, you can then go load that same character and all of your stuff is there. But also, they're introducing cross-commerce, which means you can buy stuff from other places and use that on your version. I think this is going to be like, I'm, I'm not saying this is the first game to do that because it probably isn't, but this is the first big AAA game to be doing this sort of stuff, right? That's insane. Yeah, it's dope. It's dope. It's exactly, this is the future as far as I'm concerned. All ba- for it. You're basically having an account. It probably will be your EA account. Yeah. And then- yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like uh, Capcom tried to do it with RE.net and I'll keep always bring on brand, bring it back to Resident Evil. Uh, but there's always an attempt, but no one's ever really been successful. And maybe this might be the first thing that pushes the needle. And then maybe we get to a world where you can get your games pass on PlayStation and vice versa and all that sort of stuff. I know that's wishful thinking. But anyway, Battlefield itself looks incredible. And in fact, it's going to be cross-play. I think that just speaks to A, how far we've gone in terms of talking about uh, consoles actually allowing their, their software to be on other software, which leads quite nicely into um, Microsoft's PS5 exclusive, which I never thought I'd say. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo has been delayed until 2022. This is developed by the folks who made the um, Evil Within games. Uh, the, the grandfather, goes back to Resident Evil, of Resident Evil 4 um, is the producer on this game. And is this a sly thing? Is this part of the tactics of Microsoft? Because Deathloop all of a sudden, although PlayStation done that big state of play about that, um, I, I have a feeling once that's done and out the door, that is it. There'll be no DLC support. There will be, because all of a sudden you've noticed that when they announced the game originally, they were talking about, oh, you could sign up for updates about DLCs and stuff like that. There's no talk of, of game support once it's gone live. Do you think this is a tactic by Microsoft or is it just, you know, Games get delayed. Don't read into it too much. I didn't know this was happening. What, is it an exclusive or just Microsoft that? Microsoft are making a game on the PlayStation. What? So it's a Bethesda game. And as Microsoft acquired Bethesda after they've made the deal, the game's got to happen. But it's been delayed now. And there's not much progress being reported about this. It's not like, uh, you know, every few months they'll be like, hey, here's a trailer or here's a teaser. It's literally been radio silence since the announcement and then now of it's been delayed till 2022 no we've got all the staff painting eggs at the moment for the Easter fate. <laughs> yeah, exactly um they're like oh, how, 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 what's going on over there nah let's let's keep it there the producers are coming out just going oh when can we launch the game like we're, we're pretty much ready to go and it's that that, that monkey that come back from space i don't think we'll be doing that just yet <laughs> no, <laughs> i don't think we'll be doing that <laughs> so yeah i don't know if this is a tactic by microsoft uh you know kind of say well pff, 
we're happy to sink the money and lose it? Or is it just a case of, you know what, we want to make sure we give it the right, the right polish so that we don't release something that we don't want to release. So who knows? Time will tell off of that. I mean, as someone who is a massive fan of this game producer, I love the Evil Within series. I love Resident Evil 4. I love everything that guy does. I really can't wait to see this. And it was a massive selling point during the big PlayStation unveiling that they're going to have this game and this producer making it. So I'm hoping we get to see something soon, at least just to, to tickle the fancies off of that. But something that tickles your fancy, Mr. Carden Edwards, is The Witcher. I know you're our Witcher. We toss a coin to you, sir. Um, TV show season two coming soon. Do you see, do you see the trailer for it? I haven't. Trailer two? It looks, looks awesome, man. I kind of don't want to. You know oh, you I mean? saw it. It was one of those things where was like, oh, I see it there, but do I... And you've got in-depth knowledge of the actual lore of this stuff, right? So you can pick up and read between the lines of kind of like Walking Dead fans from the comics to the TV show. Yes, there's differences, but you can kind of see where it's going when they mention a name or a place. And yeah, I, I, I hunted down. I hunted down the books. I read them all. Like I, yeah, big big fan of the Witcher series and just the entire world. Let's just say. So well, uh, you're not the only one because even the guys that make the games are absolutely adored uh, by the people that make the video games and the TV shows and vice versa. Because there's going to be some new Witcher free DLC uh, as part of their next gen update, and it's going to have new stuff inspired by the Netflix show. So there'll be characters from the, or characters' names will be used from the TV show in the game. Weapons and likenesses will be used and places are going to be named and adjusted. The environment will change slightly after the events, what happens in the show. This is a really cool deep cuts thing to do on a video game that's how many years old now? Well, six yeah, like at least. And you figured CD Projekt Red were kind of busy at the moment sorting something else out. So it's amazing that they're doing this. I mean, I think um, The Witcher keeps getting its following growing and growing and growing, right? So this year they had WitcherCon, which is a, a global event for fans of The Witcher to come talk all things Witcher. There's never been a better time to be a Witcher fan because the, t- you know, the, the acclaim the TV shows had. And obviously everyone's waiting to hear about where the franchise is going to go next. But that's when the announcement was made about this Witcher 3 next-gen update to be coming with all this DLC. I kind of hope the DLC versions come to the Switch though as well. I mean, you can't, well, I don't see why they wouldn't, if I'm honest with you. I think it's going it, it should do. Um, I want to know if they're going to replace the default Witcher face with uh, Mr. Cavill's face. Oh, they got to, haven't they? I mean, that will basically cement him as that character forever. Forever, right? Um, look, I, it's, it's one of those things where I've played it through, I put hundreds of hours onto, onto the PS4. Um, I've put about, I'd say maybe 60 onto the Switch, um, just because being able to be Geralt in handheld is wonderful. I dread to think if they do all this stuff and I buy a PS5, I dread to think how many more hours I'm going to put into this bloody game. Because it just doesn't get old, man. Like, I know that I my biggest pet peeve in gaming is, oh, man, all these damned quest markers. Look, the way that The Witcher did it is the way that you should do it, where all the side quests are really, 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 really enjoyable. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a genuine sense of achievement and, 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 and wonder. And I want to go and do those side quests. I mm-hmm. want to know what's going on. I want to fight that monster that I would have never seen any other way. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's all these... It made it worthwhile. It wasn't just go here, kill a dude, come back, get you get your reward. It's none of that. You know what I mean? So they really made it engaging to do those kinds of things. Um, nice. Well, let's see what they do with this new DLC. Um, and that's pretty much it in terms of news, which you know what that means. I want to hear from I want to hear from Molsey say it. Was was it now? Was it now? It's time for the wheel. 
<laughs> we need to get you a little theme tune for that as well. Yes, we've got a, a, a wheel of topics. These topics, some of them are listener, gen- uh, listener generated, some of them are from our own. Uh, we had no preparation time, so sometimes it's great, sometimes it's it's not so great. But let's see where we go. Gentlemen, games of your generation. So starting with PlayStation and Xbox, name your games of each generation. So PlayStation 1, your game of that generation. PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, 4, and 5 if you want to. And do the same for Xbox. Oh. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Do you want me to go first? Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go PlayStation and then Xbox. So for PlayStation 1, it's got to be Metal Gear Solid, okay? And we've got a whole thing where we give some Metal Gear Solid some, some birthday loving at the end. That's got to be the, the game of the, the, of the PlayStation. I think it has to be. I think the only other game that I was thinking of was um, either Crash Bandicoot um, or Gran Turismo. Maybe Gran Turismo because it was so game-changing at the time. It was really game-changing. Um, what, maybe- actu- what about Actual Soccer 3? <laughs> maybe even Grand Theft Auto man but no look for me that kind of launched on PC though and that kind of like made its life yeah. there first right oh, 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 oh look Metal Gear Solid man. maybe Tomb Raider I mean we did have the original Tomb Raider on this podcast so we probably yeah, should, but, by default say her that was ages ago um, <laughs> <laughs> look we named the show after Metal Gear Solid so for me it's, got, it's, yeah, Metal, yeah, yeah. it's, it's Metal Gear Solid okay PlayStation 2 very easy to say. Is this, is this my opinion or is this what it should be? Your opinion. On your or opinion. like just my personal preference. Your personal preference, yeah, yeah. So it's my point, you can just, just go on Metacritic always, right, and just say, oh, it's got to be Zone of the Enders or something. Um, but Zone of the Enders was a very good game. Um, okay, PlayStation 2. I'm, I'm going to revise my. I'm gonna revise what I said then. Okay, your, your PlayStation 1 my game. My PlayStation is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Fair play. That's a solid, solid choice. I will stick with Metal Gear Solid. Miles, your your PlayStation game of the generation. Final Fantasy VII. Oh, fucking hell, that was a good console, wasn't it? PS1. I'd rather pick which kid I want killed. Um, Okay, so PlayStation (laughs) 2, game of the generation. Um, I know this is going to be really weird to say, but for me, my PlayStation 2 game of the generation is probably Soul Calibur. Because they done, I know it was on the Dreamcast and amazing, but it was so good on the PS2 because they introduced like special characters and you play as Darth Vader. Am I thinking wrong? I don't know. I'm at blank for the PlayStation 2 all of a sudden. Um, I am going, (laughs) I'm either going to go Metal Gear Solid 2 because. I loved Metal Gear Solid. Actually, no, 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 no. Metal Gear Solid 3, that was a PlayStation 2 game. I'm going to go there. Metal Gear Solid 3 was also there as well. That was also incredible. Um, I want My heart says Jack and Daxter, though, because I just loved that damn game. My heart also says Grand Theft Auto 3, because that basically changed yeah, the world. That's, that's the, you're right. It's, you're 100% right. It has to be Grand Theft Auto 3. That, that, that was that, literally... I remember the cultural impact that had at the time and everyone had that going. That, right. that I literally too. changed the world. I too was thinking Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, okay, I had yeah, another yeah, one. Anonymous. No, this, and the, the only other one that I would think of would be um, Pro Evolution Soccer. Uh, one of them. Number four yeah, 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 or yeah. five or whatever. Because like, th- those games... That's the game that I played throughout the entirety of. Let's try and keep it to exclusives if we can, because otherwise you could say that for Xbox. 
because all right, fair enough then, fair enough then. All right, well then yeah, for for number four, I think it has to be Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent on that. Okay, the Fat Boy, the PlayStation Three, the big boy, the big boy. Um, I will say for that one because I didn't really like MGS Four very much. Um, didn't really go on, but I will say God of War Three. That's a fair shout. I'm trying to think of what exclusives that heavy rain. Yeah, it it, it was. I mean, it was an exclusive, and um, but I mean. They, yeah, they kind of didn't have that many exclusives during the PS3 era, um, apart from your Gran Turismo, which took so long to come out and was broken up into into bits. I think for better or worse, like no, no, he's shaking it, he's shaking I've it. Like, it. Nah. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. It ain't, it ain't God of War three. It's Uncharted two. You have, yeah. There you go, nailed it, absolutely nailed it. Yeah, that, I, whenever I see the Uncharted series, I think of the Uncharted two box. You know, just the, the front cover of Nathan Drake hanging, swinging from that that thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. This might be, this might get, we're starting to get close to the home now, boys. PS4, your game of the generation. Exclusive. Oh, there you go. He's, he's come out strong straight away. Um, I kind of want to say Spider-Man. It was very good. It was uh, and I wouldn't argue with you. If I'm, if I'm honest with you, bro, I wouldn't argue with you on that. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, like, when I say I wouldn't argue, like I will obviously always, I, I will say Bloodborne to the blue in the face. That's your right? boy, you got back your boy. But if you can say Spider Man, I can't sit there and rationally disagree with you. You know, so yeah, there's there's some. I mean, it was such they done such a good job. Uh, God of War, you know, it, it it has to be there as part of the conversation, but it didn't too click with me. Um, so yeah, um, for me, it's Spider Man. Moles, you're starting to go through the PS collection now. Actually, of the PS4 games that you've played. What for you is the kind of best I, one so far? I am very much enjoying God of War in its full kind of upscaled beauty on the PS5. It, it plays absolute dream and it looks bloody good. It's, it's kind of looking like a PS5 game. Yeah, and it's still, it's, like, it's what, five years old and it, it just looks, I mean, some of these upscaling stuff they've done is just chef's kiss beautiful. Brilliant. I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, I have got a big back catalog to come through, but that's the one I can kind of pass comment on at the moment. Well, okay, so so PlayStation 1, either Tony Hawk's or Metal Gear, whatever you might I, I think it, it has to be, I think if we're going to have a general uh, Grey Fox plays games consensus, I think... It'll have to be Metal Gear. So Tony Hawk's is Honorable my personal yeah, 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 PS2, which is just going to be a Metal Gear list, is it? Metal Gear 3 or Metal Gear 2, depending on your mileage, again, off of that. Well, the way is PS1, because Mole said Final Fantasy 7 as well. Oh, my God. Somewhere in that, somewhere in any, pick any of those three for that PS1. Yeah, you've, and, you know, there's no one about Resident Evil 2 as well, right? So there's there's so many in there. So that's 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 cool. PS2, we've kind of nailed there in terms of pick a Metal Gear game. You're or right. Grand Theft Auto 3. Right? Or Grand Theft Auto 3. No, Grand, was Grand Theft Auto 3, PS3. No, Grand yeah, that was GTA 4. Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 3 was PS2. Ah, okay, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Sorry, you've nailed it. There we go. I probably should have wrote this down. <laughs> uh, GTA, for PS3, what we said it was um, Uncharted 2. Yeah. And PS4, again, God of War, Spider-Man, uh, Bloodborne, take your pick from that. Let's talk Xbox. I feel like there's only one. For Halo. The first Xbox, it's got to be Halo. It's got to be that Halo. first Halo, right? Yeah. 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 Now, now it gets interesting. Xbox 360. 
So this is just exclusive games for that console? Yeah, it's hard because that was the console. That won the console wars back then. So even the third-party games you had on the Xbox 360. But try and think of an exclusive that was a Xbox 360 game. Now, it gets, it's an interesting conversation because I, there's an argument to say that Oblivion, Halo Skyrim. 3. Halo 3. As a third party Skyrim title, there's loads. Skyrim came out on PS3. Yeah, I know. I'm saying cross-gen at that time. If you Are we allowed cross-gen Yeah, if you, so tell me your cross-gen and then tell me your exclusive. All oh, right, okay. Dark Souls. Fair enough. And then the exclusive, like, all I can think about is Halo 3. I know Forza had a massive, massive impact. Um. Oh, no. Gears of War, man. That Gears of War huge. over Halo 3? Um... To a degree, yeah. I was so. kind of disappointed with Halo 3. I was. I remember not being disappointed with Gears of War. So, I think Halo, Halo, like in my head, all went downhill after two, right? Yeah. Um, three was disappointing, and four was a bonfire. So, like, I, I Gears of War was massive. Did massive. It's got to be Gears of War. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's not the franchise it once was, but when it was, when it launched, it was. I remember that the advertising campaign. That is still yeah. one of the best advertising campaigns in video game history, playing Mad World while that dude's getting like obliterated, who's basically Dave Batista. Yes. Dude, Gears of War influenced about a good 10 years of grey and brown textures and chest high walls everywhere. <laughs> you know, oh look, I'm, I've, I've gone into a location, there's some inexplicable chest high walls in all of these little locations. I wonder what's about to happen. Like, I look back at. Board game. I, I, gear, I look back at Gears of War and I'm like, oh man, like this sucked. Like, and I would hate to play it now, but at the time, it was really, really good. It was like, genuinely like it was a proper, proper good game. So, yeah, thankfully things have moved on a bit from the old chest high walls. Now, just we have towers which, which unlock next. So, you know, now <laughs> we have, the, a light, got, now we have the light tower. boxes and loot boxes. So, everything's improved. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Xbox One. Um, for me, although I didn't actually play it that much, whenever I think of the Xbox One, I think of Sunset Overdrive because I remember in Somniac games, they just come swinging for the fences. It was big, loud. It was trying to capture the whole Tony Hawk's vibe of just vibrant stuff you run and grind on and that sort of thing. And it was their, it was their big exclusive or Dead Rising 3. I was going to say, I literally was about to say Dead Rising for the Xbox 360. Because oh those were right, they, was... they were exclusives, weren't they? Back yes, they were, versions. and they were fantastic. They really were. Before they got a bit silly, right? But the the um the Dead Rising games, I remember because it was like, oh look, we've got like a million zombies on. Yeah, that's the game. Like, for the first time ever, you could actually, and it looked good. Like it looked, yeah. it looked awesome. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that was that was that was incredible. I'm trying to, I'm like scratching my brain of other exclusives. And this is not a slam on Xbox. Just trying to think, of what is the game of that that generation? Uh, yeah, I would I say for uh, for me for for Xbox, I would probably say um, the Forza Horizon series. Ah, uh, yeah, actually, you're but right. They, 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 the they were they were really really good. Um, yeah, I'd probably say them to be honest with you. Mm. I can't think of whatever. I mean, like the biggest games. Um, the, there was five other games that sold over a million copies in the console's first year: Ghost Recon, Advanced Warfighter. Who remembers that? Oblivion, Devil Life Four, Saints Row, and Gears of War. Gears of War would become the best-selling game on the console with 3 million copies sold in 2006 before being surpassed by Halo 3 with 8 million copies. So maybe it could be Halo 3. Yeah, but no, I agree. With Gears of War, the cultural impact it had, and at that point, Halo was on the, 
downward trajectory. I mean, hopefully it'll come back with infinite, who knows? But as of now, um, it's very much a dragon that needs a bit of a renovation. So let's see, see what happens off of that. Um, did you have a game of generation for um, the Xbox One? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, Forza Horizon. Oh, you said Forza already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a good one. <laughs> can, I, can, I ask you one, can I ask you an ad hoc question? Yeah, yeah, go for it. What is your game of the generation for the Nintendo Switch so far? Oh, that's a good one, ain't it? Uh, let's just bring it in. Um, the fact that you've taken this length to answer is... is, is, is it's because it's, there's, there's so many good games, right? There's so many games. It's probably got to be Breath of the Wild for obvious reasons. But if you want to say what captures Nintendo, what captures the essence of why Nintendo will have been here for a long time and will continue to be here for a very long time, just play Mario Odyssey because they have taken... It's like... Um, like in our day jobs, we work in digital development, all of us do. And one of the companies I aspire to, and I say this to development teams I work with, look at Lego. Lego will write instructions for the most complicated things you will ever see, but they'll make it translatable to a child in any language because the joy of Lego is always universal, regardless of, of where you're from, your creed or anything in between of that. Mario is kind of like the Lego of video games. It doesn't matter how old it gets. It doesn't matter if you, you could dig up an old Mario game from 30 years ago and you would have the same feeling you would get from playing a Mario game now because this ethos of keep it simple, make it joyous, make it special. And you're not just – imagine how that other studio – you can see no other studio would have carried the character in the same vein and dignity that they do with that. So I want to say Mario Odyssey, but Breath of the Wild is such a good game. <laughs> I like how you mentioned Mario with dignity there. For me, there's, 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 there's something charming I, about I, it. They could have messed that up so many times. I'm going to respectfully, respectfully disagree with the dignity statement, if that's okay. <laughs> Mario <laughs> exists in a couple of different guises. You've got the first-rate Mario games, your Mario Odyssey, Super Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, all of those ones, the sunshines of the world. They're your big granddaddy games. They're the ones. Are you going to hit me with Paper Mario now? <laughs> They're the ones with dignity, right? The next level down, you've got your 2D remakes where your Mario makers come into play, your Mario and Luigi U and all those like, all those ones, the 2D ones that kind of like, hey, you remember when you played Super Mario Brothers in, the, in 85? You know, the, like it's that kind of thing. Then below that, in the in kind of like the sea of slime, you've got the Mario Tennis Aces and Mario Golf Super Rush, which Golf Super Rush was released recently, right? Abysmal scores across the board because as with all of the recent Mario games, which are like, hey, man, let's put Mario in a golf costume. Um, they're basically, there's no content. It's bare bones and it's rushed. So I was really looking forward to Tennis Aces. I bought it because I love tennis games. I love Mario Tennis, right? And golf. yeah, man, it's like, Kind of, kind of, kind of want some more here. Where's the rest of it? Like, there's a degree of Mario, which is the, I think, um, the guy from Zero Punctuation called it the whore Mario. Where basically, let's just put him out. Let's put him on the cover. It will sell things. The Mario Mickey Mouse at this point. The, the, the Mario parties of the world. The Mario oh, and Sonic at the Olympic Games of the world. And then you've got your oddballs, like you say, like your Paper Marios and things, which kind of fill in the cracks. Um, okay, when it's top tier Mario, let's do top tier. Yeah, now we're talking. Fair enough. What about yourself, man? Is there any other games that creep into games of the generation for, for Switch? Ah, it's Breath of the Wild, no? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. That's why like, I was struggling because I was like, oh, it is Breath of the Wild. But 
we should give some honorable mentions and some props like Mario Kart. I, even though that's not a Switch game, right? That's an actual yeah. Nintendo Wii U game that ended up ported onto onto the Switch. Um, but anyway, get in contact with us on Twitter at Grey Fox Players and tell us your games of the generations. Because let's face it, there's going there's so much variety out there. There's probably something we've missed, and someone will tweet us something and go, "Oh yeah, yeah, definitely Cry it was pretty dope at the time, wasn't it?" Um, anyway, let's let's round it off there, Mister Carl Edwards. You got it. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stop you right there, Mr. Flinney. You said earlier that you were going to promise the boys and girls listening to this show that we're going to wish Mel Solid a happy birthday. And I believe you are you've also right. got an inductee into the Hall of Awesome. You are absolutely right, sir. I need to have my, my gun and badge taken off of me. It's the 34th birthday of the Metal Gear franchise. Hideo Kojima was 23 when he made that game. What were you doing when you were 23? You're a failure. <laughs> Um, over the past 34 years, that game's had such a cultural milestone. It's influenced so much of pop culture. For lack of, for however you want to talk about his works after Metal Gear games, we can only say good things about that Metal Gear franchise. So I'm going to take a moment to, um, and we've already kind of done it, but let's just take a moment to appreciate that franchise and say, for you, if someone says Metal Gear, what's the first game you think of? <laughs> Uh, if someone says Metal Gear, the first game, I, the first, the image that's in my head is the first game when you get out of the thing and it's like you're in the warehouse, you bit, and you hear the, and you, you're talking to Otacon and it's like, what, what the hell is going on here? Um, you know, you don't speak to Otacon at first, do you? You speak to some other, the, 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 the colonel guy, yeah. Well um, done, Snake. Age hasn't slowed you down a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you like, like it's Snake in the in the, the opening scene, right, where he's in the submarine that that when i think of america side i think that yeah i think it's like it's like a it's like a brockheimer movie like it's the first time for me i know people will say half-life done it before and everything else it was the first cinematic adult experience which didn't involve tna right it was literally just this is a video game yes but this is a movie it's a serious movie and we're going to show you the colonel you don't know who the colonel is but he looks like an old established actor and you go oh, that's how the colonel should look and that's the voice it, it works and of course the voice the the legendary voice which of course unfortunately for whatever reason there might have been a plan to it wasn't actually snake at the end of the franchise well technically yes but it wasn't big boss at the end of the franchise uh, david hater what a man what a voice i once watched a video with him in talking about how he he does the voice for um for snake and he he just says one thing which you go oh my god the way he says that now i understand how every line of dialogue he does it he goes you've got to chew it metal gear <laughs> and i was like he is just chewing the entire time <laughs> but um, michael introduced it last time our hall of awesomeness our mount rushmore of amazing video game voices and david hater has to be at the forefront for that man that voice is so iconic he's also been a voice actor in a billion and one other things as well as a director and a writer multi-talented sob um, but for just for just being snake alone puts him there right 100%. The guy is a bona fide legend. I, I, go, I go on to Cameo just so I can see the videos he's done for people in the snake voice. It warms my heart watching it. I love him beyond belief. And I will say, I didn't mind Keith Sutherland as snake. I'll be honest uh, with you. If right? you're going to get a good actor, you, you, you can't go much wrong then, uh, much further than, than someone like Keith Sutherland, right? Um, I, I genuinely, it was a decent job. Okay. But... Let, I'm going to ask you a question because you and me, we know our Metal Gear lore and I think most of the listeners know most of the Metal Gear lore going as well. How do you think the Phantom Pain was supposed to end? 
I don't have a bloody clue, to be honest. I have a, I have a theory. Go on. I have a theory. So there was a massive fallout, obviously, of David Hayter not being Snake, and he was silenced, whether that's silenced via injunctions or whatever, but he kept he kept himself strong on the subject. And I generally believe the plan was always meant to be that you are setting up the next remakes of Metal Gear, right? You're going to – the next game was going to be – the original Metal Gear Solid, and you were going to play as Solid Snake for the first time. And that was the plan. And the idea would be, because you know what Kojima's like, I can imagine him going, the boss the, the boss that you established and the mother base that you built, that's going to be your Metal Gear Solid, the first, sorry, Metal Gear game that we're going to go into. So you will come as Solid Snake and infiltrate your mother base and kill, quote unquote, Big Boss to set the series in motion and events like it should do in that timeline. So for that reason, you, it would be kind of a bit weird having David Hayter and David Hayter in the same game playing Solid Snake and Big Boss. David Hayter could pull it off. We know he could do. But he wanted to have that distinguished difference between them. So that's why he went with a different voice actor. He also said at the time, I wanted to not rely on voice acting for emotion. I wanted I wanted the story to be the emotion. I wanted the physical face emotion capture we're going to do. So I wanted to get an actor to come do that. No disrespect to David Hayer. And the irony is that you barely used Kiefer Sutherland. Like he, he basically done all these lines in an afternoon and he's only probably said about two or three sentences. It was an absolute crying shame. You did not use the legend because he is a legend. Let's, let's not knock it. It's great, but he's not our snake, right? We want our snake. So I generally believe what was going to happen was the unveiling of you're not big boss yeah. you're just a, a you're a phony but if you remember in the convoluted storyline of metal gear solid in metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots uh, even big boss says that wasn't me that was a clone so the clone was Kiefer sutherland and the actual snake would have been the big boss that you go and fight or the big boss that you get switched around with in the yeah. hospital because you learn that you're not big boss. You're being exactly. someone emulating big boss. And there's a theme, the theme actually in Metal Gear Solid 2, where they're trying to say that Raiden is not meant to be a super soldier, but if yeah. you are given the right set of circumstances around you, you can manipulate and make any one you want. You can politicize that, weaponize it for your, mm-hmm. your own evil doings. So they're retelling that story, but instead of it being like a semi-futuristic thing, it's actually something that happened in the past uh, around about the 80s. So I generally believe that the story would have set up for Metal Gear to be remade properly and uh, Kid, you know, Kojima being Kojima going, you've actually been building the base that you think will go infiltrate and build the story up to start the Metal Gear solid that we come to know and love i hate you do you do you agree or you just wish no i i i I hate you because nothing in my life have i wanted more than this (laughs) it makes perfect sense the whole thing about in the phantom pain with the clone and the the fact oh look i've been playing a a, a dude that isn't the person i thought he was the entire time this is just annoying as like damp squib it comes to mind do you know what i mean um yeah that would have been really cool if that was the twist. Turns out it wasn't the twist. And well, never, I'm never going to get those hours back now. Well, there's a secret ending, which I didn't play for because you need to get S rank on every chapter, and I didn't. Uh, so obviously I don't know what everyone does. went on YouTube and watched it. And you want to know what the video was, the payoff was? Go on. It was basically like, like the snake that you are, Venom Snake, getting on a bike and going, hmm, Wonder where I'll go now. Doesn't say those exact words. And then just basically escapes. And My planet needs me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the Metal Gear 
that or it wasn't the Metal Gear, I can't remember what it's called now. The vehicle that was kidnapped by Kid Kid Liquid mm-hmm. with the, the the baby version of Psychomantis controlling it goes off in another direction because it's basically setting the the uh, the uh, motions in play for when they're adults and Metal Gear Solid to, uh, Metal Gear Solid the first one happens. So it's really not a satisfying game. You could also you can tell that there was no director. It was just a case of the guys left um can we just get some of the animators just to couple together a little fmv to stick at the end so that people actually play the game i mean for a game that doesn't have an ending that clearly halfway through just loses its complete narrative because everyone walked out of the project it's still a 10 out of 10 game that's that tells you all you need to know about how good the phantom pain is when it's being a game or getting keith getting keith sutherland in um keitha or keitha keitha Kiefer. Yeah. Getting him, in, getting him in for that game and doing what they did with him is like basically renting a Ferrari and taking it down to the shops. Yeah. Like yeah. That's or, or, par- or just parking it. Parking it over on the street and then putting a bush over it and then going, yes. And then yeah, walking so away like you got, like you say, like you got such an amazing talent there and you didn't didn't use it. I think that's what really grinds everyone's gears is that you 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 got rid of David Hayter for what? For Keith Sutherland, just to go, pause. Huh? <laughs> we'll crush him into diamonds. There you go. Thanks. Good work, Keith. Thanks. Good work, pal. Um, so, yes, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a damp squid, as you say, from that, which is a crying shame because actually the previous game, which they've done as a teaser, again, amazing it was a demo but you can play in so many different ways with ground zeros it really did set the tone of where it was going um yeah it's just it makes you think about what could have been um but let's not talk about what could have been let's talk about what has been because there's been some absolutely amazing journeys um snake eater you know when we're thinking about you know a game that was traditionally a stealth game inside concrete buildings and snow and yes okay there was a little bit of outsideness in some metal gear solid two parts but not as much as going to the jungle killing prey eating it different mechanics of hanging different mechanics of of being in the ground and and light and day cycles and all that sort of stuff not to mention the narrative of clearly this was his attempt at a james bond movie as well you know the influence that comes from that whilst telling his own narrative across that again you know, it's peak Kojima, CQC. It become a thing. Like we all, it, every form, I challenge anyone in pop culture to try and deny this in movies, in video games, in every form of culture, of pop culture after Metal Gear Solid 3, everyone now holds a light like this and a gun like that. And I, I, I bet you could do your Charlie from Always Sunny Philadelphia mind map of it all come back from CQC being introduced into Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> oh, man. But with that, we're inducting David Hayer into the Hall of Awesome, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. What a man. What a legend. And I really, really hope we get to see Snake again with him at the helm. I'm hoping this whole blue point thing that's going on at the moment behind the scenes with Sony I'm hoping that leads to a, a Metal Gear Solid remake. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm praying. But uh, well, for now, I'm going to go and play Metal Gear Solid Three on PS Now. There we go. In fact, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 they've even put uh, Guns the Patriots on on PlayStation now. I'm going to Have go they? back to that. Yeah, yeah. They so they rotate it on and off. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's not like it's a licensing thing. You own everything on it. It's an exclusive. But yes, uh, as of now, I think as of now, it was a couple of months ago, it was still there anyway. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, is on PS Now. Go give it a go. Um, Mr. Moles, just before we wrap up, is there anything more on the Metal Gear front you want to add? Uh, mate, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you lost me partway through that. 
Um, there's a couple of games that I've missed out on that one, and I was like, "What?" So, ah, sorry, yes, yeah, so there's a generational bit oh. again on the back on the backlog, man. Uh, Ground Zeroes, then Phantom Pain. Report back to us because you you will love it, even though it's a bit of a heartbreak. I, I do like Metal Gear games, to be honest. Nice. Well, on that note, thank you so much for listening. If you've liked what you've been listening to, click on that like, follow, subscribe button. We drop a pod every couple of weeks. I've been Adam Flint. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Flint, Mr. Carden Edwards at Michaelness and producer Moles. So anyway, till next time, stay, stay, stay good to each other. Get your vaccines. Look after each other. Football didn't come home, but it stayed in our hearts. Uh, till next time, it's been a pleasure serving you. 